0: And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gans with Mike Miller. And we are back. And again, if you were with me earlier for the last hour, uh, we were doing a double header tonight. And Mike is uh, joined in for, for this last part of the 70 resolutions. And so I was just telling my wife via text that man, like doing the show and doing all that talking, like my my voice, I think it's gone. <laughs> like, so you're gonna have to carry this one. Um But, uh, we did get to 50, 50. So we got 51 through 70. I was trying to get some of those done so we can kind of close up this series here, wrap it up tonight. Um, but again, uh, it's very important we consider and reflect upon these things again, as was mentioned in previous episodes, uh, not that you have to take these 70 resolutions and make them your own, but they are something we can think about, reflect upon, uh, when we think, deeply like the puritans on how we maybe want to lay down some resolutions of our own and how we walk out our faith before the lord and how we discipline ourselves in doing so mike glad you're with me uh uh, any thoughts before
1: we jump right into this no let's go we probably need all 60 minutes to try to get through this all yes we we probably will
0: All right, so number 51 resolved that I will act so in every respect as I think I shall wish I had done if I should be last or if I should at last be damned. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago with similar thoughts. Again, it's just uh, thinking about what I should do making sure what I'm doing is honoring and glorifying God with like a eternal perspective early on. It was if, um, the world was to end Christ would come the other one. If he were to die, here's now is this kind of picture of judgment of damnation. Um, again, thinking about, um what it would mean to act in a way that is contrary to god and to do so to be damned if you know if he wasn't a christian and that too making sure he's doing what is right and appropriate you kind of get that idea as as i think i shall wish i had done we get those regrets i should have done this i should have done that that would have been pleasing to the lord instead i may have sinned or, or you know, I would have I've sinned. I think that's just that thought is thinking through in the moment what you're doing and acting in a way that is, according to scripture, thinking about what happens if I were to be damned, or if I would have been damned for this, would I've wished I would have done something different.
0: Yeah. All right. Number 52, it says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. Resolve that I will live just so as I can think I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to an old age. And again, this is that repetitive thing that we've been seeing uh-huh. here of thinking back, considering how I did my day, considering how I did my week or my month or my year, looking back at my life. And and how often have we, we heard older people say, if I could go back and live my life over, I would do this, this, this differently. Uh-huh. Well, we can't go back and do that. So now, whatever age you are, I'm 47, so I look at 47 years old, and I can't say, well, if I could go back to this age and do these things, I can't. But at 47, I can resolve to say, I'm going to live from this point until I take my final breath in such a way that I don't look back and say, well, at 48 or 49, I should have did this, or I should have made this decision, or I should have done these things. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that's what he's saying continuously, because again, we need to be reminded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it has been a decade now? You had that YOLO, you only live once. And usually it was used to by younger people to do stupid things. You only live once. Go wild. Be free. Um Jonathan Edwards is saying you only live once and use your time to do it well so that there are no regrets we've he's mentioned that like just he wants to live life where he doesn't regret what he's done and to again being in the moment and thinking about what so what he is supposed to do it's it's calling for a deeper thought of our just our day-to-day or even choices that we make i think an example of this um i was at the gospel coalition 2016, I think it was. Nope. Would have been like 2015, 2017, something like that. Um, they're on odd years and someone asked Kevin DeYoung in a, um, an event with Kevin DeYoung and Dr. Al Mohler. And, Kevin DeYoung talked about time as a pastor that as a pastor he tries to he has his a lot of time as kind of being a pastor and doing what he needs to do as a pastor and then what he needs to do to be a husband and then you have he's a teacher so you have you have kind of the job and home life that homework balance and he talks about how it's a give and take on sometimes but you need to make sure that there is that balance. Don't always take from your children, take from your wife, and pour it into your job. Make sure it's balanced. Sometimes you're gonna to have to pull away from your job to be with your family, to mm-hmm. be a husband, to be a wife. Again, I think this is those are the kind of cut, kind of regrets you see a lot of persons of old age. It's the relational aspects mm-hmm. that could have done over, and I think here you see that I think that is applicable to us, like deciding how we are going to spend our time and making sure we spend our time wisely on the things that are important that we can look back in our lives and say, you know what I did? I don't regret these decisions.
0: Yeah. And I think I've, I've mentioned this uh, on a previous, maybe even in this series, I think I did. Um, where I work. I've, I've heard guys that were retiring, um, say, Hey, just in their retiring speech, don't use your sick leave. Don't use any of your vacation time, save it all up the best you can so that you can retire early, you know, get paid and get out of here early. And I thought, yeah, but then my kids are going to be all grown up. If I don't save any vacation Mm -hmm. time to go and spend time with them, they're not going to be concerned that, Oh, dad got to retire early now that he's 70 years old we can go spend time with them they're going to be like "You didn't do anything with us when we were kids we didn't go anywhere we don't have any of those memories where we can where we okay. were investing into their life spending time with them and so you don't want to live in such a way uh, that you do that right yep. all right number number 53 resolved to improve every opportunity when i am in the best and happiest frame of mind to cast and venture my soul on the Lord Jesus Christ to trust and to confide in him and consecrate myself wholly to him that from this I may have assurance of my safety, knowing that I confide, confide
1: in my redeemer. That I might. And this is looking at how do we kind of the work to the work of kind of the work of what faith draws out. The continual study. You see here, improve every opportunity. When I'm at one of my best and happiest frame of mind. So not so not when you're kinda of, you kind of get this idea, not maybe when you're downcast or something like that, but to to go with his full effort. To trust God, to go and figure out what he kind of what he needs to do to trust God, to concentrate himself fully. You get this idea of kind of sanctification with it. And I think so he's just looking at what can I do now to work out my salvation that I'll have assurance in God have assurance of my is like salvation. And so kind of, I think sometimes we, and maybe in broader evangelicalism, assurance is kind of this feeling I have. And sometimes I have it sometimes I know. I think Calvin, while the Puritans kind of depart, hits the nerve that faith and assurance go together. The more faith you have, the greater your assurance is. And here I think the, the resolve is to work on our faith to not only pray the Lord, help our unbelief, but doing the necessary things of faith, Bible reading, prayer, coming together on the Lord's day to worship him, to, sanctify him and to bring about then this assurance that our that we have being built up by god yeah
0: amen all right number 54 <clears throat> whenever i hear anything spoken in conversation of any person if i think it would be praiseworthy in me resolved endeavor resolve to endeavor to imitate it and I think mm-hmm. what comes to mind is, is Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So if, if, if we have an individual, we hear something spoken of in a conversation, something that's praiseworthy, maybe their attitude and how they deal with people or uh, just the way they carry and conduct themselves, something that is praiseworthy, seek to imitate it, to be an imitator of those who are imitating Christ rather than to uh, be an imitator of the, the worldly things that are out there, but the things that are praiseworthy in a person. And I think often we don't, as we've talked about this, going through these resolutions and even looking in the Proverbs as we've gone through that series, it's often it's easy to criticize people and you hear those kind of conversations, but Mm -hmm. thinking about those that are praising another person uh, for their conduct, for their, their uh, teaching, for their preaching, for their, their understanding of God's word or or their walk with the Lord um,
1: and thinking about those things and wanting to imitate. Yeah. I think that's the important part. We don't only learn by reading books. We learn in community and there is a discipleship. I mean, you think of what Paul wants Timothy to do, have older men to raise up younger men, Mm -hmm. older women to raise up younger women and to be the examples for them to grow. That is essentially kind of in the discipleship mode. And now he's just saying, you know, if someone is, receiving credit they're being um they're doing praiseworthy i should be doing the same thing because that's what that is what god is doing so now it's not just an introspection of am i am i doing what's right it's it's noticing oh these other people are um imitating christ am i doing it in that way i should Maybe I'm not. And now you're using other people to help in that way to strengthen your own holiness. Obviously, this we prefaced this whole thing with that. he's he isn't doing this on his own by his own power, but that it's the power of Christ through him that mm-hmm. God gives him to do these things. So he's thinking about, okay, that's praiseworthy. I need to... Pray to God to help me to start doing what that is. I think Philippians um, 4.18, you know, when you think upon these things, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is true and honorable, these are the things to think about. So this conversation kind of brings up that idea of imitation and that and thinking about the things that are praiseworthy.
0: Yeah. Number 55, resolved to endeavor to my utmost, to act as I can think I should do if I had already seen the happiness of heaven and the hell and hell torments. So one of these, just considering thinking and acting in such a way that you see the happiness of heaven. You've got a heavenly mindset. You live your life in such a way which your eyes are focused upon Christ. Your eyes are focused upon eternity and you live in light of that. But also the hell torments that, when I look around and I see that there are people that don't know Jesus, my heart breaks. And the torment of those who will be in this eternal conscious punishment for all, under the wrath of God for all eternity, that should cause me to, to live and act in such a way that I live out my life wanting to tell others about Christ. um, And, and I think that, this is kind of the, the the sentiment that he's getting at I'm living and in the way that I live out my life the acts in which I do I'm considering both these things the happiness of heaven uh-huh. but also the torments of hell and I think it is it Spurgeon that said you know like um uh that let these people leap over my body to hell or so, something along those lines like
1: no it's um I can't think of it but yeah. Yeah. Having that idea of like blocking them, they'll have to get yeah. over.
0: Yeah. And we believe in the elect. We believe that God's sheep will hear, but we also still have this. It's not that we're like, Oh, they're not God's elect. So we don't care about these individuals. We don't know who the elect are. So we care. We want people to come to know the, know the Lord, but we also think about the the happiness of heaven being in the presence of God for all eternity. What a glorious day that will be. Right. But then we also, in this life, we think and consider those who do not know Jesus. That is why we want to seek to to
1: give them the good news. So, yeah, it was Spurgeon. I just looked it up. Sinners be damned! At least they'll leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if yeah. they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped or, wrapped around them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I think and you know that's a i think a, for us in modern day evangelicalism as and the kind of the free church or what's developed in the the free church you know is we don't really like to think about the torments of hell but i think here again it's thinking about what should i do in these realities knowing the joy and happiness and eternal bliss of obedience to god or the torments of hell and living in t- in those in t- the torments of hell because of sin and living in that that con that conscious con constant there it is constant um position and knowing that while relationship evangelism is not evangelism at the same times. Our actions do speak Mm -hmm. and how we live matters. I mean, Peter talks about living in a way and blessing those who curse you because it's like pouring cold water on them. And I think there is this idea then to act in a way that promotes good and, but also shows us shows in light of the, the torments that one will have when they disobey God.
0: Yeah. All right. Number 56 resolved never to give over nor in the least to slacken my fight with my corruptions, however unsuccessful I may be. The, here Edwards is acknowledging the fact that we often are unsuccessful in our fight against this flesh. And, but he's resolving to never give it over to it, never to just give over to it completely, uh, nor slack in his fight. Like, like just throw the gloves down and say, okay, I'm no longer fighting. I'm no longer going to press forward in this. I'm not just going to give over even though, or even as he says, however unsuccessful I may be again, acknowledging that we fail. Uh, and as I mentioned in the previous show and, and, and we've mentioned multiple times here on G220 radio that we have an advocate with the father when we fail, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to, uh, to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that is a comfort knowing that God is faithful to his promises to forgive us, um, and so we go to him when we fail. But we shouldn't just throw the gloves down and just say, no, I'm not seeking to walk in a way that is bringing glory to God. Walk in a manner that is worthy before the Lord. Um, we shouldn't just throw the gloves down and say, Lord, I can't do it. Um, you know, I give up.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that come to mind thinking about this. This is almost like Jonathan Edwards, uh, saying what John Owens said be killing sin or sin will be killing you mm-hmm. and to think about that that fight that we're still sinful human beings that have to deal with the corruption of our flesh and the spiritual warfare that comes from it and like to your point I mean you see it fight with my corruptions, however unsuccessful I may be, but we have a faithful high priest that when we are unsuccessful in our fight against our sin, we have an advocate that stands before us. Mm -hmm. We can seek forgiveness in the son and to know him in that way, to give us strength, to, by the power of the spirit, to overcome these sin. So, you know, that urge just to keep fighting sin. Because if you don't, you know, one is, you won't have assurance and you may not be a Christian and now you're going the way to hell. And so obviously this is a kind of a serious way, but I think, yeah, this is just Jonathan Edwards reminding himself to fight the good fight, mm-hmm. to keep pressing on, to keep working out his salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that is the Lord who will complete the good works that in him.
0: Yeah. Amen. Number 57 resolved. When I fear misfortunes and adversities to examine, whether have done my duty, And resolve to do it and let it be just as providence orders it. I will, as far as I can, be concerned about nothing but my duty and my sin. So whatever circumstance I may find myself, I think of Paul saying, Whatever circumstance I'm in, be content. To be content. I'm not gonna, I can't worry about these circumstances. You know, I can't, I can't change these circumstances that I may find myself. But I'm going to be concerned, as he says, concerned about my duty and my sin. Uh My walk in this trial, in this circumstance, this misfortune or adversity that I may be facing, I'm going to keep pressing on. And I'm going to be concerned about pressing on and my walk, and I'm going to be concerned about my sin.
1: Yeah. Again, just thinking about the, the heavenly things. Here you see, I think is important the reliance on seeing what my duty is, doing what being faithful in what I'm supposed to be doing in the misfortunes, and let the providence of God dictate how it hap- what happens. And I think sometimes we try to control the situation. We try to to make it right or to do things, and it just becomes a bigger mess instead of just resolving to do what needs to be done and the misfortunes and the adversaries and let kind of the providence of God work out in a way and just being again, concerning about doing what is right and concern. If there is sin, you know, kind of in the last one, making sure I'm fighting against it. Maybe that's the misfortunes adversaries because I've slacked mm-hmm. a little bit. in my sin resolved. So now I need to get back on it and just to think about the duties that is required um, in the situation in the here and now and let the future events be what God is concerned about. Yeah, that that is a
0: good point. I wasn't thinking about that. But um, as you you mentioned that thinking maybe financially, um, maybe you're in a financial bind, but it is due to sin. Maybe you have a gambling problem and you wasted away your money or drinking and you 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 spent your money unwisely and now you have a bill that's coming to collect or something, and now you find yourself in a misfortune. But it really was because of your sin. So you correct that, you repent, correct it, and be a good steward then of what God has given to you. You know? So that can be a a, a reason as well. So it's a good point. All right, number 58. It says resolved not only to refrain from an air of dislike, fretfulness, and anger in conversation, but to exhibit an air of love, cheerfulness, and benignity. And so, again, this idea of, in our conversation, in the way in which we act, not to act in a way that is unpleasing to the Lord, but acting in a way of, with love, with cheerfulness, uh, and, and just displaying compassion and care and grace and mercy upon people in your conversation and the way you act.
1: Yeah. Again, I think an application of the golden rule, you don't want people to act this way with you, but to show love, cheerfulness and kind of a kindness or tolerance to others. Um, But to, to be that way. And And again, you know we can look at Christ as an example of this. Um, Christ did speak harsh words when needed to be said, but he—you can't—you wouldn't classify him as someone who was fretful or anger in conversation, or just had this very dislike of people. And so it calls to think about this other person in a different light and to, you know, kind of treat them as the image of God. And again, in kind of the application of the golden rule. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, number 59 goes along with this as well. Resolved when I am most conscious of provocations to ill nature and anger that I will strive most to feel and act good naturedly, Yea, at such times, to manifest good nature, though I think that in other respects it would be disadvantages, uh, disadvantageous uh, and so as would be imprudent at other times. Again, this, this, the desire to walk in such a way, to carry out and act in such a way, um, that is not one of ill nature, of anger, uh, but of good nature. Towards others, uh-huh. uh, considering the way we walk towards others, because again, as we've you've mentioned it earlier, um, but this idea that yes, we do believe in uh, faith comes by hearing, and so we share the gospel with people to, to be saved. But there is that aspect that often gets overlooked, and I think we can be hard on it, especially those who do evangelism so often to to despise a friendship type style of evangelism. Um. And if, if your friendship style of evangelism is you become a friend and you never share the gospel with them for years and years and years, that's not yeah. really friendship evangelism. But if your desire of friendship evangelism is you truly care about your neighbor, you want to get to know them, and you are taking those opportunities to share the love of Christ with them and the gospel, then, then that's mm-hmm. friendship evangelism. You're not just looking at them as numbers. Um, So it is important how we live amongst our neighbors.
1: Yeah, I find it fascinating when you think about it is when i'm most cautious conscious of provocations to ill nature and goodwill mm-hmm. how often i mean i'll just speak in my own experience i am not often when i'm most cautious conscious of this issue to strive to act to most feel and act good naturedly. um and to, to realize and at that point to do it. But w- what he's saying here is having just self-control mm. over our emotions. And being able to recognize when sinful emotions are coming out. And being able to then squash them and act as we should. Act good naturely and not just begrudgingly. There, there is a competence that to I'll strive most to feel and act that is to change how our to not only push that motion around, but to change it, to flip it, to repent, I guess would be probably a good way to think about it in order to manifest this good nature. And again, that requires having self-control over our emotions Mm. and be able to recognize it. And then to not just try to suppress it in one way, but to go further and to act in the opposite way.
0: Yeah. And this uh next one number 60 is goes right along with what you just said and what we're talking about. He says resolved whenever my feelings begin to appear in the least out of order. When I am conscious of it, again that thought thinking through it like I'm mm-hmm. I'm aware of it uh of the least uneasiness within or the least irregularity without, I will then subject myself to the strictest examination. And you know we can, thank God that God is not a God with passions, right? Uh-huh. That he's moved by his emotions. That uh, he's impassable? Yes, he's impassable. Now, we uh, are emotional beings, and sometimes uh-huh. those emotions can be right and telling us something. Sometimes they can be wrong, um, but but all the time... We need to have that, as you mentioned already, self-control. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this in our Proverbs series, when dealing with children, when we're in our marriage series, in our family series, when dealing with children, if you have to discipline your children, if you're doing it in an emotional state where you're angry because of something they did, you're not going to do it in self-control. And it's, what is it teaching your children? you're out of control and you're, you're just, you're just responding to these emotions rather than doing your, or, or allowing yourself to respond in a godly manner in a way in which the Lord, you know, take time to sit back, think about it, uh, reflect upon it, be conscious of it so that mm-hmm. you respond properly, correctly, right? It's very easy to sit there. That's why I says those who are slow to speak, right? It's very easy to sit there When you're talking to somebody who's really getting under your skins with stuff that they're just throwing things at you and your emotions are building up to just say whatever. But if you think about it, you reflect for a while, and what does the scripture say? A soft answer turns away wrath. You may want to just unload on this person that you feel is unloading on you, but a soft answer turns away wrath. You're self-controlled. You're able to think upon these things and not allow your emotions to cause
1: you to sin in how you respond. Yeah. And just to think about, and I think here too, when you see those, when you have those feelings, you, he says, I will subject myself to the strictest examination. Like, why am I having these feelings? Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Getting to the root cause and doing so helps would help us to see, okay, this is a situation that is triggering me. And now I'm causing. Now I'm cause, cosmic. Nope. Now I, I recognize that I can see it and then be able to act quickly to obedience. And so again, this is you know not only having self-control, but when I have those feelings, what's causing me to feel that way so I can squash the feelings now? but also try to prevent it later.
0: Yeah. All right, number 61. Resolved that I will not give way to that listlessness. And I looked this word up. It's uh, the feeling of having no energy and enthusiasm of being unwilling to do anything with a needing effort. Uh, So listlessness, which I find unbinds and relaxes my mind from being fully and fixedly Fixedly set on religion. Whatever excuse I may have for it, that what my listlessness inclines me to do is best to be done. And so, thinking about this and considering these things, um, and I mentioned already in the previous show that I just did earlier, like the way religion is used is not the way often people use it today. Uh-huh. This idea of I have a relationship, not a religion, it's, 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 I know what they mean by it, but it's not the way that religion has ever been looked at throughout church history. Religion is not a bad word; it's a set of beliefs. It's a way. It's a, a set of beliefs in which we practice living out our faith, and so it's not a bad thing. But I think this goes to the idea of uh, renewing our mind, setting our mind upon things, uh, and 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 not allowing this uh, lack of energy or enthusiasm to hinder me from doing
1: the things that I know that need to be accomplished. Yeah. Again, thinking about our spirituality, this is kind of what he's getting at. What are we doing spiritually and what is taking away from us? I think, you know, in our culture, you hear people, I don't have enough time to pray or to read my Bible. And I think this resolve kind of pushes back on that by saying, but then are you fully and fixed set on spirituality, your spirituality, the learning, desiring for God, trying to be with God, fix with God, learn about God and being able to do that. And I think so. Again, this is kind of this priority. He's mentioned it earlier about this kind of studying. I don't remember what resolution, but being a study, being in the word, taking opportunity to learn and to teach it or to learn it. And here now he's like that I will never give way to kind of this having no energy to do what I need to do for proper religion, for pure religion, as James would say and to be ones that is desirous of learning who God is and what he requires from us.
0: Yeah. All right, number 62, resolved never to do anything but duty. And then according to Ephesians 6, 6-8, through 8, do it willingly and cheerfully as unto the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. And Ephesians 6, 6-8 through 8 says, Uh, dealing with bondservants and masters. He says, not by the way of eye service. So I'll go back for a little context. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, that this he will receive back. From the Lord, whether he is a bond,
1: whether he is a bond servant or a free. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I mean, do things for the glory of God, not for man. Practice your righteousness. Don't practice your righteousness in, in front of man. And I think, too, not only is it never, you know, to do righteousness and to do good, the duty part, but the attitude goes with it. To do it willingly and cheerfully. So it's not just this begrudging obedience. I just find it helpful. I know I've said it on the show before, but Augustine makes this really good analogy about obedience. And he goes, if a son says he would do it, do something for his mother and doesn't, Does he really love his mother? Well, no. But if the mother tells the son to do something and he does do it, but he does it begrudgingly, is he loving his mother? No, he's not. The son who loves his mother obeys her command joyfully. And you see this kind of throughout the Bible of this joyful obedience to the Lord. The Lord is good. And the Lord is one who gives blessings. And yes, he requires from us, but he requires what he requires from us is good and loving and is beneficial for us and for our flourishing. That we may live a life of, abundance in the Lord. And, you know, again, kind of having that idea of assurance. And so here, the focus is not just duty, not just law. I think, I think that's the point. It's not just law, just do, do, do. It's a reflection that I I am to do things. God has called me to do things. He's given me his law to do, and that is, and it is good. And I should do it cheerfully as a reflection of who god is and what he has done for me and to think about these things so it's not just a act of doing but we also must have because we are emotional beings we must have also the right emotion in doing
0: yeah
1: oops Let me see here all right number 63.
0: On the supposition that there never was to be but one individual in the world at any time who was properly and complete a complete Christian, in all respects of the right stamp, having Christianity always shining in its true luster and appearing excellent and lovely from whatever part and under whatever character viewed, resolved. So this presupposition, this this idea that there's no Christian out there that's perfect, Right, he's resolving to act just as I would do if I strove with all my might to be that one who should live in my time. So in the time in which I live, while there's it's presupposed there's no no one out here who lives this life perfectly, right? But I'm going to live in such a way that I am going to shine this light bright before all these people within my time, and I and I've already mentioned this. On the previous one, um, but this idea—I think—Puritans get a bad rap because they desire to be holy before God. Mm-hmm. When did it? When did it ever cease to to uh, this idea that, well, you're holier than thou, or you're too religious, or you you're too pious because you desire to live holy and desire to walk in a manner that pleases the Lord not perfect and i think we know that jonathan edwards is not saying he's perfect because he's mentioned it throughout this resolutions when i fail here i want to uh, resolve that i speak in such a way to others that i think highly of those people and t- want to to live out a way if i hear something that is charitable of someone i want to live in such a way i want to Im- imitate that you know and and when i fail when i do these things I, to 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 go to the lord to confess these things uh-huh. right so he's not saying he's perfect but this desire to say, I want to live in such a way that if there's nobody in my life that I can say, oh, there's no, there's presupp- presupposition. There's no perfect Christian, but I want to live in such a way that pe- that that will reflect good upon Christ, my walk with the Lord to others. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's a bad
1: thing. No, I think kind of when I first think of this, I think of the end of Matthew chapter five, verse twenty-eight. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And this is comes after, you know, blessed are those like the beginning of the sermon on the Mount. You have all the blessings you have that he's not here to take the law. The law is going to stand forever. He goes through and, um, openly shows that the commandments were not just external, but internal, I mean, this isn't new to the, in the Old Testament. It's there. He just explicitly teaches it, talking about how we should act. And he ends kind of chapter five, Jesus, with loving his neighbor, doing what, you know, not just loving those who love you, but love those who persecute you and he ends that before getting into spiritual disciplines and righteousness in chapter 6 you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect and here i think john jonathan resolutions is this to be perfect because the father is perfect to work in your might to be the one that will have like christ true religion have everything correct. Jesus had no bad theology, and that's what Jonathan theolo- Jonathan Edwards is striving for. Jesus never sinned. That's what he is striving for, to mm-hmm. be the one that can be looked upon. And again like you mentioned, this is we can't just take this isolated knowing that he falls, but then it's that striving. Mm-hmm. This is what he wants his life to be marked by. Yeah, We should look at this and go, Jonathan Edwards' life was marked by mm-hmm. this dependent to be just like Christ in his theology and in his practice.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, resolution number 64. Resolved,
0: when I find those groanings which cannot be uttered, in Romans eight twenty six, when it speaks of this spirit, you know, uh, groans when we don't even have words to speak. Of which the apostle speaks of, meaning Paul, uh, of those breakings of the soul for the longing it hath, of which the psalmist speaks in Psalm 119, 20, uh, that I will promote them to the utmost of my power, and that I will not, will not be weary. I will not be weary of earnestly endeavoring to vent my desires, nor of the reputations of such earnestness. Uh, And Psalm 119.20 says, My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Think about that. Again, again, I think, and I say this because we act as if sometimes, if we strive for these things, we're looked at as, well, you're trying to be holier than thou. We're not talking sinless perfection here, and I think... The, the His resolutions clearly show us he did not think he was sinlessly perfect, right? But it's saying here, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules. We live in a society and in, in a church age that they want to throw off the laws of God or the rules of God and say, ah, it's all grace, it's all grace. But no, he's longing for the rules at all times is what the psalmist is saying here in 119, 20 we're desiring the law of god we're desiring his rules his his instruction that he gives to us not that we're perfect but that we are striving for it as you had mentioned uh, previously from the last one
1: yeah i think this is a really good application in prayer when you think about romans 826 that there are, are groanings and it's the the context is like you don't have words to the words Mm -hmm. to say. There's no human words that can adequately describe what you want. And so there's almost this groanings of the spirit to the Lord um, in which the Lord knows what's going on. Or as you said in the psalmist, this desire, but then there's, he also has this desire for obedience, this desire Mm -hmm. to do it. And then the point is that he doesn't grow weary in this constant and repetitive endeavoring to get out what he desires, what is on his heart, kind of praying without ceasing and Mm -hmm. not being. And this is not like I think with repeating, we kind of maybe want to jump to Matthew six and like kind of this repeating that was happening with the um the religious leaders and that's completely different that's just like a more hypnotizing just repeating the same words over and over and over again in a course of a prayer and not repeated prayers of the same thing which i think is mm-hmm. what he's getting at here and i think he's taking the truth of the poor woman and the unjust judge who kept coming Uh, day after day to this judge to receive justice. And essentially she wears him down and she receives justice. But Jesus uses that as a lesser to greater than argument about how we should come to God who's not like the unjust judge. He is just and he's kind and he wants us to come to him with his desires, to cast our fears upon mm-hmm. him, and so again, this resolution is about just, just constant prayer and pouring out our souls to God for the desires, even when, like, we don't have the words to pray for, and just being constantly bringing to God our. Prayers and supplications,
0: yeah, and he continues this, this same thought in this next resolution here in Resolution 65. It says, Resolved very much to exercise myself in this all my life long with the greatness or with the greatest openness I am capable of to declare my ways to God and lay open my soul to Him, all my sins. Coming before the Lord with all my sins, my temptations, difficulties, sorrows, fears, hopes, desires, and everything, and every circumstances. And he's pulling from, uh, according to Dr. Manton's 27th sermon, on Psalm 119. Again, so pulling again, this idea of, look, I'm going to come with everything before the Lord. Everything. My sins, temptations, difficulties, Mm -hmm. sorrows, um, every circumstances, I'm going to bring it before him. My hopes, my desires, my fears, everything uh and lay it out before the Lord. Uh and, and I think it's so vitally important we, we consider and think about these things and think seek to resolve ourselves that uh when we come before the Lord, uh, as he mentioned earlier uh in this resolutions, that he does this every night before he goes to bed. He comes before the Lord and thinks and reflects upon the day of what he's done. You know, and, and if there's any okay. sin that was you know found in him or the sins that are brought to his mind at the end of the day, to confess them, to get those right. But also in prayer to lay these things out before the Lord. Hey, look, or or, Lord, I have these um, burdens and sorrows on my heart. These fears are here. And he's coming before the Lord and
1: saying, I resolve to do this uh, before him. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I think, you know, you have that. And I think not, it's not the point of the resolution, but I think it's a point to highlight is this is coming from a sermon. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he's heard this live. There's a couple dates, so maybe he's reading it. Um, But there's something in that sermon that drives him to think about this. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important for us as Christians, that when we hear the word of God speak in a sermon, in church, with others, that we should resolve to think about it. And to act accordingly to what we hear. And, you know, I've thought about this more recently about, like, I should be meditating more on what my pastor preaches on Sunday mornings. Because it is the word of God. It's no, it's frankly better than, my own private reading, which is good, but here I can sit and listen and hear. And the the specialness of preaching and the spiritual aspect that's going on um should help me and, and be ones that I should be able to like, you know what, this week I'm going to think about what my pastor has said and apply it to my life. Mm-hmm. And to meditate. And and essentially it is like our daily Bible reading in that way. And I think in just the fact that he mentions it, that he's reading a sermon. And in this sermon, God is using this sermon to in one sense show him where a place that he can grow in and and grow in his prayers and this kind of just open book mentality for God.
0: Yeah. Uh, resolution number 66, he is resolved that I will endeavor to always keep a benign aspect. And so this benign is this idea of being gentle and kind, okay, uh, aspect, an air of acting and speaking in all places and in all companies, except it should so happen that duty requires otherwise. And again, I think this goes uh-huh. back to other resolutions where we speak in such a way that is kind to others. And that's what benign is meaning, this, this uh, you know, uh, gentle and kind way of speaking to one another. Uh, and he's saying in all places, unless duty otherwise requires it. And we've seen that in the other um, resolutions as well, unless it has to be spoken or something needs to be said. Uh, you're dealing maybe with a false teacher. You're dealing with somebody that's in sin. Uh, those things need to be addressed. But he, in, in our aspect of, of how we talk to people, the tongue, as was mentioned uh, in the previous show, James speaks about this this this, this controlling the tongue, taming the tongue, right? Uh, and speaking in such a way that is building up people rather than always tearing down. Again, there's a place and there's a time. Uh-huh. And Edwards has made that clear throughout these resolutions. But how often are we seeking to build up others in the faith and build up our neighbor and, and speak in a loving, kind, and
1: gentle way? Yeah, you see this with Jesus. He speaks differently to those who see themselves as sinners and come to him with faith in what he does versus those religious leaders that didn't believe him. They were, I mean, he uses language, whitewashed tombs. Like, this isn't like cutesy language, he's being serious about it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going in the temple. He's acting in a way. So we see Jesus. He acts for the most part in one way. In kindness towards those who are coming to him, who. The lost sheep of Israel. And they're coming to him. And believing in him and, and knowing versus you know when he had to. And again, this is just not something foreign to Puritans or Jonathan Edward in particular, but really a reflection of who Christ is. There's a time and a place to be gracious and there's and that's most of the time, but then there are times that we need to stand our ground and to speak words of condemnation condemnation to those like false teachers, like those who are trying to bring division in the church to to stop it, to do what Adam failed to do Mm -hmm. and expel that.
0: Yeah. All right. Number 67, uh, resolved after afflictions to inquire what I am the better for them, what good i have got by them and what i might have got by them so considering our afflictions thinking upon those things um and inquiring how have these made these afflictions made me better how have they what good has come from these afflictions because we often think of afflictions and then we only think of the negative oh it's it's a it's a these afflictions that i'm facing the these difficulties and trials that i'm going through but there's something we can learn from them there's something that god is doing in those afflictions as we we read in james when we go through trials uh and and we we go through these types of things that it is building within us it is growing within us a maturity it is increasing or growing in our us our faith is 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 growing through it uh, and it is bringing about uh um uh trying to think it's bringing about this through these sufferings it's bringing about this growth within us this christian maturity that is happening with us as we are maturing in christ and we're looking upon these things that we are able to then count it all joy when we go through afflictions and sufferings right
1: yeah i think of first or second peter chapter one trying to get to it real quick um about how we grow man is not the right, it's not the right passage, but I think, you know, with James, you have it, um, about what affliction does for us. And to, to think about it, the copy I have is words a little bit different about what I am the worse for them which i think he says what good I got from them but I think even if that is I don't it's I don't know but kind of when I was thinking about it it's just yeah this thinking about how has God used this affliction to strengthen my faith to make me more like Christ again to consider, in one way god's goodness in affliction his his d- his kind and gentle discipline in these things and to i guess in one way find what is praiseworthy like can we be like job and continue to worship god in our afflictions
0: yeah all right, number 68. I think we're doing pretty good on time. We are an hour, so we are, we're going over, but um, not bad. Three more to go. I resolve to confess frankly to myself all that which I find in myself, either infirmity uh, or sin, uh, and if it be what concerns religion, also to confess the whole case to God and implore needed help. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, I think... Here it's a, a self reflection of oneself and to think about sins or issues or even wrong theology and then confess it all to God and implore His help. It's almost here in this resolve, He's resolving to make, to remember and to. To lean on what he's already talked about in the preface about how God um, is the one that is going to make these changes and to do it according to his will. And here, this is just, again, a self-reflection, not necessarily nasal gazing, navel gazing, and just, you know, a, a full concentra- concentration of yourself and examination, but one that realizes his own sin and then goes to God for help for this sin, confessing it all to him and then requesting God's own help to overcome, to fight this, um, to fight this sin.
0: Yeah number 69 resolved always to do that which to do that which i shall wish i had done when i see others do it so again reflecting you see others doing those things that are uh, glorifying to the lord uh, that are walking in a manner uh, that brings uh, again glory to the lord that is walking in a way in keeping with repentance in a way that is is walking out that faith with living out that faith with fear and trembling right um, mm-hmm. before the Lord in the sanctification process in which is is long going in our life, um, that he would live in such a way that he wished he had done these things. So again, reflecting back on things that we've already read in this this uh, resolutions, um, that not living with regret, not living that uh, if I could go back, I would do this, this, and this. But no, I see these others doing these things that are good, and these are godly things. I need to do these things as well. Again, not in a sense that he's speaking of some works-based thing. Edwards was never doing that. Um, But still living in such a way that is bringing glory to the Lord, Lord, walking in such a way that is uh, uh, walking in a manner that is worthy uh,
1: before the Lord. Sorry. And yeah, I think that's, that sums it up. Like this looking outside ourselves, seeing what's going on, um, learning from others um, and imitating them as they imitate Christ mm-hmm. and making sure that they're doing it, that you're, that we're doing it, that we're thinking about these things and we're implementing them in our own life. And finally
0: uh, the 70th resolution here, let there be something, of benevolence in all that I speak. And we've heard a lot about the way that we speak Mm -hmm. from this uh, 70 resolutions or throughout this resolutions, but go ahead, Mike, uh, uh,
1: sum it up for us. Yeah. It's, we should talk in a way that brings about, um, our love for others, for God's people, for those whom God created and that we should be constantly in one sense building one another up building others up we think about um in our proverb series how much solomon has talked about the impact of our words that our words can bring life it can cheer someone up it brings them into a more lively estate or our words could kill and bring people down here. Jonathan Edwards is resolved to speak in a way that brings life to people. And that brings them up, that cheers them up and hopefully not just in a worldly sense, but cheers them up in the Lord to, to pursue and to, Um, persuade them in the kindness and goodness of our Lord. Yeah.
0: And uh, just these are things that we can reflect upon and consider. Again, these are 70 resolutions that Jonathan Edwards wrote over a period of of a year's time in his diary. Um, And again, not that you or I need to take every single one of these resolutions and make them my own. But that we as Christians can really think about the the importance of reflecting upon our walk, considering these things, implementing disciplines in our life: our Bible reading, prayer, church attendance, you know, gathering together, uh, um, looking at other believers, the good things that they do as imitations of how can I then look at those who are imitating Christ and then seeking to walk in the same manner, uh, considerate and conscious of the way that we speak to others, the way that we think of others and, and uh, treat others and act to others, our neighbors and so forth. Uh, These are things that we can make as good disciplines in our life that would help us in our walk. It's not bad to have resolutions. Um, Often resolutions don't last very long, but it's often because we don't continuously reflect upon them. Many Mm -hmm. of the things that I heard in those resolutions were repeated throughout. So it's constantly having a reminder. And when you Mm -hmm. have a reminder, you have something before you. Um, This is why we see in Deuteronomy 6 that... Hero Israel, the lo- Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it speaks about writing these things on the doorpost of your houses, on the forefronts of your mind, mm-hmm. on your hand. Why? So that you're reminded of the good things of God that is helping you to walk out this life, your
1: faith before yeah. Him.
0: Go ahead, Mike. Any final thoughts and uh, closing comments to uh, close out this series for us?
1: Yeah, I think you've kind of hit on it but just a this is n- the resolutions and the application of them is an application of working out our salvation with fear and trembling knowing it is God who works and in, in us um to do these things and that this isn't a passive thing it just doesn't happen just because you go to church just even because you read the bible every day or pray every day that it's going to be like you're just going to passively get get better it takes work it takes duty and thinking about these things and observing what God has given to us in our different relationships about what are good things to do, what are bad things to do, and filtering those through the word of God. And But it takes an awareness. You just can't passively do it. And I think that's what we have to remember. We have to be willing to do the hard work. It's easy just to pray some quick prayer. It's harder to lay out before God just everything on your heart. Or to to you know you see sin and you just kind of ask for forgiveness and go away instead of studying why am I why am I sinning this way? Why are my feelings this way? Those are hard things. I think Jonathan Edward calls us then to not be passive in our Christian walk and just ask for forgiveness when we sin, but really consider why we sinned and how are we going to correct that in obedience to God's word. And it's in that way that we see God work in our lives in ways that are unbeknownst to you. I'm just, I'm reminded of George Mueller and his. Faithfulness and prayer and his trust, not passively, but an active trust in which he can, with the orphans in England, pray for a meal that they do not have and God provides. And to to think about these things— are we willing to follow the examples of Edwards to think about these things or George Mueller in his prayer life or any other Christian that we've read or that we see and be intentional and in imitating them as they imitate Christ? knowing they're fallen creatures, but being intentional in all that we do, all that we say, all that we think to do it. That's the hard work, but that's the work that God calls us to do in our religion and our spirituality. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
0: So that wraps up our series here on Jonathan Edwards, 70 resolutions. I hope this was helpful and edifying to you. I hope this uh, was encouraging as well. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, Uh, that you would like to uh, leave with us or share with us, uh, please email us at g220radio at gmail.com. Again, that is g220radio at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback. Uh, We will be back next week on G220 Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. uh, And we will be doing a reaction video. And um, we're supposed to have one of the individuals who was actually in this uh, discussion on reacting with us. And so, uh, we're looking forward to that, uh, program next week. Uh, that'll be G220 radio. Uh, that, or that is, this is G2. I'm getting tired. (laughs) This is G220 radio until next time. God bless and good night.